Hey there, Ralph Garman here. Thanks so much for checking out this free edition of The Ralph Report. If you like what you hear, do me a favor. Subscribe to The Ralph Report so we can put some fun in your ears five days a week. And you can listen for as little as $3 a month. So subscribe today so you don't miss out on any of the fun. Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up. Welcome to The Ralph Report with Ralph Garman. Well, hello there, boys and girls. Welcome to a Wednesday. It is December 2nd, year of our Lord Shizmu 2020. Oh, hell, Shizmu. It is right to give him thanks and praise. Is it? Yes. Okay. As far as we know, it is. <laughs> Welcome to the show, kids. A hell of a show lined up for you today. Because on the counter, you want to know why? I'm just going to tell you why. Because it's One Hit Wonder Wednesday. And for the rest of the month, leading up to the end of the year, every One Hit Wonder is going to be Christmas songs. Yay! This one's so fucking annoying. <laughs> this song or this this idea of doing Christmas No, songs? I love Christmas okay. One Hit Wonders, but the one today. That's so oh, annoying. So fucking then why'd you annoying. pick it? Because it was a one-hit wonder. It was uh, number five uh, in the top ten. Really? It's a million seller for a six-year-old kid. You know, <laughs> you know how I feel about kids singing fucking Christmas songs. <laughs> so we'll get to that in a little bit. Also, all the entertainment news. So many of your phone calls. we got so much stuff to talk about, including the latest in the lizard people under the ground <gasps> putting up monoliths update. Scary times. It's not stupid times. Scary, scary times. We'll get to all that in a second. Let's get the introductions out of the way. I am your podcast pal, Ralph Garman. Sitting here in the Batcave with me is the vice host himself. Some call him... Odegaard, Odegaard. He's like the Mandalorian. He's got a real name, but he's just known around the galaxy as... Odegaard, <laughs> Some people call him... Edwin Brian Pence. Hey, everybody. Yo, ho, Eddie. It's Brian with a Y. That's Never right. Never forget. Don't want to misspell it. Make it brain. Kids, you're going to be glad you tuned in today. <laughs> I swear. Regardless of my discomfort with the one-hit wonder today, you, I think, will enjoy it and the rest of the show. In fact, I do indeed. Before we get any further, we got a little bit of business to take care of. I feel like an idiot. Why? Because yesterday I was supposed to do something I completely forgot. What'd you forget to do? I wanted to give you an early Christmas present yeah? that you needed to start using yesterday. Oh, okay. And I, oh, and I okay. screwed it up. Really? So I'm going to give it to you now. Well, okay. Hold well, on. Well, <laughs> there you go. <gasps> what? This what? is for you. What? That is uh, for oh. those of you at home who can't see, and that's all of you. <laughs> that would be everyone. It's a Mandalorian oh. advent calendar. Yeah, with little Grogu on the cover. Little Grogu. <laughs> <laughs> and you open up the little squares, and there's a little piece oh, of chocolate. Thanks. For every day of the advent calendar leading up to Christmas. It's actually good. So. I get to double up today. That's right. You can have two, two pieces, pieces of chocolate. chocolate. Oh, yeah, so it is, is a Mandalorian advent calendar because what says the birth of our lord jesus more than someone from the planet mandalon mandalore who mandalore. uh wears his helmet to sleep that's the way it's not the fucking that's the way. fucking way oh this is great thank you you're very welcome so enjoy that, that all through the uh, all through the month can't wait to count down every day with Eat chocolate chocolate with your uh, mandalorian fans 
Ashley, by the way, she wrote in yesterday. We were asking, "What should the Mandalorian fans be called?" Yeah, so simple, right? Fandalorians. Fandalorians. That's Fandalorians. <laughs> so Eddie and his Fandalorians can enjoy chocolate. Every I'm a Fando Amando. Oh my god! <laughs> I take her back. You may not enjoy today's show. <laughs> today's guarantee may actually be cashed in by some people. <laughs> Um, uh, speaking of presents and the jolly old elf who hands them out, yeah. you may remember when we talked to Gavin a couple of weeks ago, I guess it was now, about his dad who was a uh, department oh, store yeah, Santa yeah, Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about the difficulties, obviously, Santa's helpers throughout the malls and the department stores are having in this season of COVID-19 because you can't get close to the kids, right? can't sit on their laps. So some people have been putting up plexiglass partitions between Santa yeah, and the kids. I've seen just, a couple of pictures on social media of that. They just press up against the, the partition. Oh, Santa, it's like a prison visit. I want to be. Put their nipples up on the on the glass. Oh, Billy. Oh, Billy. Um, so that's a problem. And Gavin's dad, whose name is Sean, has done a workaround on this along with some other Santa's helpers, and they were going to do Zoom calls with kids. Yeah. Which we thought was a great That's idea. That's an amazing idea, yeah. And we didn't know quite yet how to put the word out there. So if you wanted, if you had a kid and you wanted to Zoom call with Santa, um, they were putting up their business as we spoke. And now apparently the website is up and running, according to Gavin. He wanted to give everybody the heads up. It is video with Santa Claus. Dot com video with Santa Claus dot com and then you pick the length of the call that you want to have with Santa and you hook your kid up in front of the laptop and uh, he gets to talk to Santa and tell him what he wants. That's fun. Excellent That's idea. Great idea. And as Eddie was saying last time we talked about this, maybe an even more intimate experience of a kid talking to Santa one on one versus standing in line with four hundred other kids. Yeah. You're thinking, oh, fuck, this old man's not going to remember right. what I asked for. <laughs> sometimes you 399 get... other kids in front of me. And sometimes you get a cranky Santa. He's been there all day. One smells a little bit of Jack Daniels. And urine. <laughs> oh, I'd have to go well, to urine. Because some kid's peed on his leg. It's not Santa it's himself, is it? I had one Santa one time. When oh, Col- Jesus. Colton, I think, was like Here five. And I, I was at a... I was, we took... They told me. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that that's not the story oh, I'm telling. Good. Oh, good. we had a Santa. i think it was right here over in the sherman oaks galleria and we put San, uh, colton on his lab or whatever and i was just wearing at the time i was wearing a redskin sweatshirt uh-huh. and this old santa and he's like he's talking to colton or whatever he looks at me he's like and let's hope they never change that name and then just goes off on this whole rant oh, about no you had not, racist santa we have it all on video it's amazing and i'm just like uh-huh uh-huh can you uh-huh. give me my kid back please thank you very much uh-huh. oh well, it was a white Christmas it that was, year. It certainly was. It was indeed. It certainly was. Life is life. Life is life, Eddie. <laughs> uh, so you can go on videowithsantaclaus.com, videowithsantaclaus.com, book your kids some time with Santa. And I think uh, his dad uh, goes by Santa Sean. So if you want to request Santa Sean specifically, apparently you can uh, do that. And I've seen... Gavin's dad, and man. Good Santa. He looks amazing. All these Santas apparently are legit white beard grown, full, yeah. like real deal Santa They do it like clauses. six months out of the year. They grow that beard and prep yeah. for this, right? So uh, there you go. If you got kids, there you go. There's a way to talk to Santa. And one last thing I need to talk about is very excited today. Mm. One more little present to bring out. Really? Yep. What? Success, success. We've done it. We've done it. 
Look what arrived in the mail wow. yesterday. Wow. I'm holding in my hands, for those of you at home who can't see, <laughs> which once again is everyone. I'm holding in my hands wow. two testicuzies, which have arrived. They are here in the Batcave. <laughs> the testicuzies are in place. Is that a squirrel on the box? Yeah, because he's got his nuts. He's soaking his nuts. Squirrels like to soak their nuts before they eat them. What? What are we doing? Testicuzies in the house. Those look legit. There will be... <laughs> Testicle dunking on the Ralph report. I'm going to open one up right now so you can take a look. That little pillow there looks legit. Oh, yeah. It's for real. Come wow. On. Come on. Did you already try this out without no, me? No, but it was already open, which makes that's, me... No, that's yours then. <laughs> this is yours. <laughs> no, that one's yours. No, there's an open box discount, I think. I don't want it. It's like Best Buy. If it's a return, <laughs> you actually get a little bargain on it. I think yours... <laughs> Yours has been previously I don't want, worked, which no. is good because that means someone uh, already tried it out and it had it had the uh, broken seal in. of approval. All right, hold on. There we go. Uh, let me get, try to get it out. Of here. Oh. All right. here, just talk amongst yourselves while I work on this. Are both were both of them opened or just um, that one? They, I have not looked at them other than hold them up until this point. Oh, so this is the first That's one. It's disturbing that one that the seal's broken. This one's sticky too. I don't oh, know if that means anything. But yours, oh, yours, the seal was broken. I, I want an unused one. I'm telling I you, do not want a used testicuzzi. Right, here we go. Boy, it was hard Please. to get out of the box. That's what she said. Okay, here we go. You can hear it's an unwrapping video without the video. There you go. Wow. There that, it is. That is impressive looking. For your testicuzzi pleasure, that, for your testicle pleasure. That one's yours, right? And it's got a little switch on the side. You turn oh, it, it on does. and off. We didn't get the ones where you blow with the straw. No, this is the real deal, Neil. <laughs> you s put them right in there. There's a little. There's two little cups, <laughs> that, one for each testicle. That's a, that's a lot of room. And Well, not for me. <sighs> and then there's a little... Uh, is it soft? It's... um. It's like rubber. It's like, uh, feel it. It's like, well, uh, I don't want to touch this one if it's yours. Oh, that is, no, this yeah, is yours. This is yours. <laughs> then why are you fingering it up? <laughs> because I had to make sure. Let me see if the other one's seal's been broken. Um, yep. The other one's <laughs> They're seal's both been used. <laughs> That's the thing good. I don't want to do this now. So these are return jobs, but, uh, <laughs> at least we got them. It's all the matters. I'm sure they've been sanitized oh, for I'm our sure. protection. Sure they have. So I'm thinking when, right? Uh, yeah. I didn't know when they were going to be delivered, so I couldn't really schedule it in. But I'm thinking last show of 2020. Well, that's a good idea. We'll save it up to the end. Right before Christmas time. Kids, give you something to look forward to. A little Christmas treat to watch two grown-ass men dunking their balls into a machine that's going to make uh, hot water bubble around. To make it more Christmassy, should we make it hot cocoa? That's a great idea. <laughs> Put some marshmallows in there. <laughs> Come on. I told me. Special Christmas edition <laughs> of the Ralph Report. So we will be here in robes, dipping our balls in testicuzzis oh. on video for the final uh, show of 2020. Well, what a better way to send out 2020. There is no better way. It is the perfect way to salute 2020 by just dipping our balls. So I was more excited than a man should be. When I opened up that package and saw what was wow. in there. Well, it's been such a journey it has to get been. here. Brandon Rohrbacher, you know, the show historian who yes. knows the, the specific details about everything, gave us the exact day right. that and we time. talked about it. And the time. time. Time code of the show. And apparently it's been 10 months. Wow. We've been talking about wow. that since we ordered them. Right. So it was, it was January then, right? Testacuzzi, yeah. not 
on top of their game, I think, no. when it comes to their uh, business model. High demand. I think that's what it was. I think they got overwhelmed. They figured, oh, we'll sell a dozen of these. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah. And then hundreds and thousands of orders. 120,000 of these. So that's good news, everybody, right? Great Every, news. We're all set up. Okay. Now <laughs> let's turn our attention to some bullshit <laughs> that we were talking about yesterday on a segment called... Science Fiction or Science Fact? Shit you not. I got this as a text from the vice host, Eddie Pence, who rarely texts about anything unless it's we're trying to work out a schedule for when we're going to record or something very specific. I don't hear from Eddie much, but this football tweet or text. This one came in hot. Like, huh? See, lizard people. (laughs) Some facts in the news, as you know, by this segment seem so ridiculous. They seem like something out of science fiction. And in this particular case, that's exactly where it comes from. Mm. Another mysterious metal monolith appeared, this time in Romania, Mm. days after one vanished without a trace in the Utah desert. Another mysterious monolith has surfaced in Romania. The shiny triangular metallic pillar was found a few yards away from an ancient landmark called the Petrodava Dacian Fortress in the city of Piatra Niemt. This was on Thursday. Sounds significant. It's not. Mm. 13 feet tall is this one. Is that bigger than the other one? It is. Oh, they're getting bigger. One side faces Mount Sialo, (laughs) one of the several seven natural wonders of Romania. It's locally known as the Holy Mountain. (laughs) Origin of the structure has Romanian officials baffled. I bet it does. It says here. Let me unbaffle you, Romanian officials. Some fuckers came in the night and stuck a piece of metal in the ground. There. Consider yourself debaffled. Now now have we found out the significance of this point and the point in Utah, like on the on the map of the on like a global map no, of the longitude you know and latitude. We what, had, what do the numbers mean? Latitude? Latitude. 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 They have not found the significance yet because there is no fucking significance. I don't know. Because it's all bullshit. The numbers don't lie. <laughs> I would look it up. You should look into that. Anyway, there was one guy out there naturally who was looking at it, and this one was different because it had like swirlies in it, like someone had been rubbing it with sandpaper or something, and right? it, was, it was welded instead of riveted together like the other one. It's getting more complex. Equally shitty workmanship on this hollow <laughs> aluminum tube. <laughs> and then, oh, wait, breaking news. Oh. It's gone. <gasps> someone took it. It's gone. This is mysterious. No, it's not. Yes, it is. The person who put it up, who was inspired by the douchebag in Utah, said, <laughs> okay, we got our 15 minutes of freight. Let's get us out of here before we get fucking busted because someone's going to get upset with mm. us because apparently it was on government property or something. Yeah, but if one more pops up, then it's a pattern. Nope. <laughs> it's just another douchebag, desperate for attention, sticking some metal in the ground, mm-hmm. hoping someone will pay attention well, to Well, when him. the lizard people come, you're, you're the first one to be sacrificed. There's no lizard people, turns out, Eddie Pence. There's not. Because I've got another story to add on to. Science fiction or science fact? A photographer who was on the site in Utah trying to take pictures of the mysterious monolith mm-hmm. Ran into the four guys who took the monolith from Utah, <laughs> broke it down, and hauled it away. While he was there, they actually dismantled it in front of him. No fucking lizard people, no spaceships, mm. some dudes. Not if they're wearing their human skins. No. 
They showed up. Photographer Ross Bernards was there taking photos. Four men showed up on the same evening. He was there with his boys, his sons, to pay the monolith a visit. A group of four men arrived and, as if on a mission, toppled over the monolith, then dismantled it in less than 10 minutes. Then they took it with them, Were saying, they in black suits? You better have got your pictures because <laughs> they knew it was going to be gone. Here's the very spooky, lizardy, science fictiony alien way they took it out of the canyon they quickly broke it apart said the photographer and they put it in the back of a wheelbarrow they had brought well yeah how else are you going to get it out of there yeah oh i don't know you if don't want to rouse suspicions by having it levitate out if you're lizard people maybe suck it back into your cavernous underground lair well, they're trying four to... douchebags in a wheelbarrow fuck all you people <laughs> trying to make this a thing it's a thing it's not a thing so but, the Romanian one is gone, the Utah one is gone, and it's just douchebaggery. There's going nope. to be another of one. Of course, I guarantee you there will, because there's some asshole now who is sitting in his garage desperately honing a piece of metal trying to make it fit together so that he too can get some sort of reflected attention by the, a news story that pops up on the internet. Goddamn pathetic. <laughs> and that's today's science fiction or science fact. Science fiction or science fact? Testacuzzi does have fingerprints on it. Oh, I don't, see, I don't, don't want to do this. We, you need to disinfect these and give mine. them a thorough scrubbing. I'll give them a wipe down with a. Uh, I've got the uh, the um, sanitary wipes okay. for the COVID. All right. I got a giant. Got, I got a friend of mine who works at uh, uh, Starbucks. Okay. And Angie, she's a sweetheart. She keeps me in coffee, which, as you know, is not easy to do no. because I drink pots a day but when covid thing broke out they were one of the first stores to get the go-ahead to reopen because they had it on no pun intended lockdown in terms of how efficient they were with yeah. their sanitary uh, situation so she was able to supply me with gloves and sanitizer and hand sanitizer and she has these wipes that will kill 99.9 percent of it's hard to find anything those wipes. on the planet so I'll, I'll give it a quick once over with those. Give it more than a quick once over. It's fine. It, it was open and what there's fingerprints on it. What are you protecting? My nuts. Oh, they're so sacred. Something's going to go they wrong are. with your beloved nuts. I've only got two of them. Yeah. I'm going to make sure I don't have any cuts or open wounds down there. <laughs> How are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know. Open, Things happen. Open wounds on your balls. Things what happen. kind of life are you leading outside of this bat cave? Quarantine's getting crazy, about. man. You've got cuts and wounds on your testicles. I, I, I don't want to take a chance. Come, they told me. You did. With barbed <laughs> wire, apparently. All right. Hmm. Let's turn our attention to you, the beloved members of the Garmin. We love it when you reach out to us. Be that via email or social media or as many of you choose to do to leave a voicemail message on the Ralph Report hotline. Couldn't be easier. Just have to dial up the number one eight three three. Hi, Ralph. I listen to them all. Then I grab a handful and I put them here in this segment known as Garmi on the Line. The telephone is ringing. The Garmin's on the line. Ralph's gonna play your calls now and see what's on your mind. Well, Rudy called in. I think this is gonna be a thing for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> we started it off yesterday with Come, <laughs> they told me. 
I mentioned that William Shatner, that's his version of Little Drummer Boy there. He has an entire album of holiday favorites called Shatner Claus. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have not heard it. And I own a lot of Shatner's music, but I have not heard the Christmas album. And apparently I need to to correct that fact because Rudy called in with one that we must listen to. Hi, Ralph. Yo, Odie Goss. So this is a Rudy, one-star general. And uh, I would want to call in just because... uh, I'm sure you've listened to uh, William Shatner's version of the Vies Navidad while we're on the subject of uh, William Shatner doing uh, Christmas songs, including Little Drummer Boy, which he played on the most recent show. But uh, can, I want to hear uh, I want to hear your take on uh, William Shatner's Vies Navidad because it is fascinating. <laughs> okay, love you, mean it. Bye. Fascinating may be the best word to describe it. I had never heard this until Rudy suggested I listen. <laughs> Obviously, I can't play the whole thing here, so I recommend you uh, seek it out on your own to hear it all. I'll just play the very beginning, and it'll give you an idea what you're in for. He's fearless. He is the goddamn best. He is absolutely fearless. Wow. Feliz Navidad. Wow. He is just the best. The commitment. Wow. God bless the shit, man. Fearless. All right. (laughs) Eric called in. He wanted to know where something came from. This was an interesting one, I thought. Hey, Ralph. Excuse me. This is Eric, uh, one star general. Um, I don't know if he's ever done an onomatopoeia as a, where did it come from, but uh, I want to know why this this sound is known as a raspberry. That uh, I just I don't get it. The only thing I can think of is like when you take a raspberry off this off of its uh, bush or tree or whatever mm-hmm. it. Kind of looks like a prolapse anus, maybe. Oh, excuse me, I don't know, but uh, yeah, come on, if you get back to me on that, that'd be super duper later. Well, I don't want to miss out on a chance to be super duper. <laughs> a uh, raspberry does look like a prolapsed anus when you think about yeah, it, pour some sugar on it, <laughs> get sucked back into that <laughs> hole. <laughs> but, um, no, that's not the reason they call <laughs> giving someone the raspberry, right. Why are you getting, why is that a raspberry? No, no. In the 1920s, it became known as the Bronx cheer because in the Bronx, a lot of people were rude and they go when you would do something. Right. But it has been known since the 1800s as the raspberry. Huh. Why is that the I raspberry? No idea. Well, luckily, Eddie Pence, we have a segment <laughs> to handle that kind of thing around here. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking build no. Has been raspberry since at least 1890 in England. Here in the United States, it eventually migrated here to the States. It became abbreviated to RAS. So when you give somebody the RAS or you RAS somebody, yeah. it's short for raspberry, raspberry, which is... Okay. Now, why is... The raspberry? I don't know. Well, Steve Ashton would know, probably. It all comes back to Cockney rhyming slang again. Okay. 
The Cockney rhyming slang, we've talked about it many times here on the show before, is a way that the Cockneys in East London speak to each other in sort of like a socially acceptable code. Yeah. So they'd say, I'm going up the apples and pears, which means I'm going upstairs. Right. Um, Steve Ash will sometimes, you know, say, I'm going to put this right down my Gregory Peck, which means his neck, which means he's going to eat something. Right. So they have these very funny, clever little rhyming slangs for what they're talking about. Well, raspberry is short for raspberry tart. Okay. And the raspberry tart was rhyming slang for fart. Fart. Ah. So the sound of reproducing a fart was known for a while as a raspberry tart. And then the tart was dropped and it became just the raspberry. Wow, that's a long way to go. It is indeed. But that is why <laughs> is still known to this day as a raspberry. And now I've got these microphones clean. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? We want to know. Where did it come from? Say it ain't so. Where did it come from? I'll fucking build All right, let's talk about yesterday. Yesterday was mm -hmm. Giving Tuesday. Yes. And so I set up as what I wanted to do for Giving Tuesday is to give a couple that has become very near and dear to my heart here from the Garmy, the Crockett's, yes. helped them out with their Christmas a little bit. For those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you may have heard us talk about them or maybe you heard from them yourself on the uh, the virtual cocktail party we had, the last one we had. But um, Haley had uh, kidney failure, had to go into the hospital. She got married to Craig in the hospital because they weren't sure if she was going to make it or not. They, um, she did, thank God, she was on dialysis, but he had to quit his job so that he could be her full-time caretaker and also not to infect her with COVID-19. This couple has been through a shitty, shitty year. Yeah. And I know money has been tight for them, and they had said they weren't going to really celebrate Christmas this year because they just didn't have the wherewithal. So I said to myself, yesterday was Giving Tuesday. What if I set up a little something to try to make their holidays a little merrier. Well, God damn it, the Garmy, <laughs> you people are just unbelievable. The way you step up for each other, to be there for each other in every possible way, whether it's emotionally or in terms of reaching out as a friend or giving what little you have to somebody else, I was blown away by the reaction of when I posted that little piece of a video clip from the, the cocktail party, yeah. how the Garmy responded. I was so proud of you guys and so pleased. And I just want you all to know that no matter what happens in 2020, whatever it happened this year, you guys were part of changing somebody's life for the better. This couple is going to have a holiday they never could have had yeah. otherwise if it wasn't for what the Garmy did yesterday. Yeah. Blown away by you guys, as were the Crockett's themselves. They called in. So here's a little message for you from them. Hi, Ralph. Yo, ho, Eddie. It's the Crockett's. Um, we don't really know where to begin or what to say, but like, we are so, so thankful for everything that you all have done for us today and sent all the money and, I mean, all the cards. And just all the good thoughts. And I mean, just every note we read, every single one of them. And we just want to thank the Garmy from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you all so much. Like, you you don't know how much this is going to help us. And we get to have an amazing Christmas this year. One we won't forget. Never forget. I've been crying all day. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's been so overwhelming. And 
honestly, I hate this cliche, but we're very speechless. It's just, it's hard to find words to how thankful we are. I hope you all have the best holidays and we love the Garmy so much and we are just so thankful for you all. Thank you all so much. Thank you again. Yes. We love you. Mean it. Bye. How great are the Crockett's? Wow. Oh, man. You guys have changed their lives for the better and just through the power of this community, which is just always just, I don't know why I still get surprised because you guys have never failed to step up, but it's just, it's so, such a nice thing. It's such, such goodness in a world that is filled with so much badness. Yeah, sometimes. to actually see someone being positively affected like that. Is- and, you know, it's funny when... um when we put the post up, a lot of people are saying, well, they should start an Amazon wish list yeah. so we know what they want. We don't want to get them stuff they don't need. Right. Uh, have them put up an Amazon wish list. So I reached out to Craig and Haley and I said, why don't you put an Amazon wish list up so people at least can, can order for you through Amazon or they get an idea of what you need. Right. And so they put one up and it was funny. Shows you how conditioned we are sometimes to be cynical. When I saw the wish list before I clicked on it, I said... I hope I don't end up being disappointed by this exercise. 85-inch TV? Yeah. I hope I don't go on there and see, well, there's a gold bracelet I'd really like. And I, you know, I was like, ooh. Testacuzzis? I don't know what's going to be on here. And I clicked on it. And there were things like razors and dishwashing and clothing detergent and socks and underwear these people are not gaming the system no, here. And they're not they trying to take advantage of it. need a little help. People who are genuinely jammed yeah. up this year. So everything that you guys have done, as you can tell, is so very appreciated by the Crockett's and by me personally, because I kind of put my myself out there, you know, when I suggest, hey, maybe we should help these yeah. people out. And uh, they are good people and they are deserving of our help. And I'm so glad it worked out so well. So thank you guys for everything that you did. And as you know, we're doing uh, still doing our happy hits every day. A little bit of upbeat music to keep you going, get you out of bed with a spring in your step. And I'd like for the rest of the month all the happy hits to be holiday happy hits so we have something to celebrate the season with. And Marty called in with just one of those. Hi, Ralph. This is Marty in Seattle, two-star general. I have a suggestion for happy Christmas hits. Um this song, I believe, plays at the end of the movie Christmas Vacation, but it's been really hard to find. Um, it's George S. Clinton's version of Up on the Housetop. And it's not George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic. It's George S. Clinton. But the song is really fun. It's got like a little feet kind of southern rock boogie-woogie kind of feel to it and it's just a great cover of that old christmas song so i would love it if you would add that to the christmas hits list thank you lmb thank you marty actually the song comes from one of the santa claus movies with tim allen it's not christmas vacation but um because george s clinton was the musical producer for those films he started off as a Southern rock guy in Nashville and then got picked by Cheech and Chong to score their movie, Still Smoking. Hmm. 
And that led him to a career in scoring films, believe it or not, including the Austin Powers movies. Oh, really? Mortal Kombat and its sequel, Mortal Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Uh, Showtime series, The Red Shoe Diaries. But he still plays with his band and makes some great music. Marty's right. This is a fun version of this song. I never liked the original. (laughs) Bullshit. But this one's cool. Here's George S. Clinton up on the housetop. That's a good one. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who called in today. You too can be featured on the Garmy on the Line segment, but you know what you got to do? You got to call me. Hey there, it's Ralph Garman here. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you are, why not subscribe to The Ralph Report so you can hear it every day, Monday through Friday. For just 15 cents a day, you can be a one-star general supporter, and that will get you the show in your ear holes Monday through Friday. Of course, there are two, three, and four-star general levels as well, which gets you more bonus content and more access to me. So if you like what you're hearing, why not subscribe? Go to patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash The Ralph Report. Subscribe today so you don't miss a thing. All righty, now it's time for us to take a look at folks who passed away on this day, December 2nd, and pay homage to their life, their achievements, their legacies in Hello, Death. You electrocute yourself or run into a shell. Hello, death. Did you eat poison mold or just get old? Hello, death. Did you fall from the sky? Ralph Garman will know why, even though you said goodbye. Hello, death. Hello, death. Hello, death. On this day in 1814, oh, the patron saint of perverts, Marquis de Sade, the French philosopher and writer Marquis de Sade dies on this day in 1814. Why is he a pervert? You've never heard of the Marquis de Sade? No. He is sort of the architect of BDSM. Oh, is he? Sadism. Oh, I didn't know The word that. sadism yeah. comes from his last name. Oh, Okay. I didn't know. He was the original sadist. Gotcha. 
And boy, his works, you should read his work sometime. <laughs> he, it was inspiring. It was out there and raw and tough. <laughs> it was, uh, some considered it pornographic. A lot of sexual fantasies with an emphasis on violence mm. and suffering and lots of anal sex, which he kind of created. Well, he coined it sodomy. He came up he? with that. Yes. Have you never heard of the Marquis de Sade before? Wasn't sodomy in the Bible? Yeah, but they didn't call it sodomy. What did they call it? Mm, butt fucking. <laughs> I didn't they call it butt fucking I in think, the Bible. I think they it's did. the King James Version? Yeah, all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> and here's the thing. The, 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 the ruling class lost their minds. Yeah. Said he was uh, destroying modern society. Yeah. His family had an intervention, and they had him declared insane, which he wasn't, by the way. No, he just like butt sex. Right? And whips and chains yeah. and nasty good stuff. It's not my thing. Oh, so good. <laughs> then they had him thrown into the Charenton Asylum. Oh. That's where he died in an asylum. Did he get like all chained up and shit? He probably liked that. Right? He was the chainer, not the chainee. Oh, he liked to get He was at. the sadist, not the masochist. Oh, gotcha. So um That sucks. Worst thing was they took away pen and paper for him. They would couldn't let him write. Oh, and that, that was sucks. like his favorite thing. That sucks. Yeah. So he died in the state at the age of 74. So pour, pour a little out for my homie, the Marquis de Sade, <laughs> won't you? 1828, Simon Pop. Simon Pop. Who? Simon Pop. Simon Pop? Yes. Okay. Famous Dutch dwarf died on this day at the age of 39. Why, why was it? He was a dwarf and cabaret artist. He would go around making personal appearances being small. That was it? He was 84 inches tall, weighed 14 pounds. 14 pounds. Yes. Wow. He was not a big man. Wow. See, one time, boys and girls, only weirdos and freaks went into show business. Yeah. And not much has changed, really, quite frankly. <laughs> It's more on the inside now instead of the other. That's right. We're, more <laughs> We're less visibly damaged <laughs> than the early performers. 1859, John Brown, American abolitionist. We've talked about him before and the famous uh, Harper's Ferry battle. Yes. He was hanged at the age of 59 on this day because he didn't want people to be slaves. Right. How dare he? The whole uh, Ethan Hawke uh, show's coming out, right, about Bastard. Harper's Ferry? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 1919, Henry Clay Frick. He died at the age of 69, one of the richest men in America at the time of his death. He was a financier. He was the chairman of the Carnegie Steel Company, started his own very popular and uh, successful Coke manufacturing company. Not the kind you snort uh -oh. or the kind you drink. Not the good kind. <laughs> he was uh, part of the Pennsylvania Railroad, the Reading Railroad, had real estate holdings all throughout Pennsylvania, including Pittsburgh. He was uh, a collector of fine art. He eventually turned his celebrated collection over to a museum, but he was also a strike breaker, and he would have his goons go out and beat up the guys on the picket lines oh, when they man. were trying to unionize his factory. So that's, he was a dickhead. That's how he got so rich. A fucking asshole. By making the working man work for substandard wages. Mm. Mm. So fuck that guy. Yeah, fuck that dude. And fuck this guy. <laughs> Albert Kessel, in 1935, he uh, was the first criminal to die in California in the gas chamber. Mm, what, what did he do? He was part of a bloody riot at Folsom Prison, and he killed the warden and two guards and two inmates. Oh. So he was sentenced to die, and this was the first time California decided to, let's, let's try and kill people a new way. <laughs> it's an experimental killing. Yeah. We had done electrocution and uh, other things, but let's go with the, the poison gas. Hmm. And they say witnesses at the time were so visibly shaken that they immediately started petitioning the state government to no longer use gas as a, as a method really? of execution. 
They said he, you, to watch a man try to hold his breath right. for that length of period of time, and then when he takes in the gas and watching his body convulse, oh. he, they said it was cruel and, and brutal beyond anything they could have imagined. Yeah. You, you can't have someone able to, like, fight it off. That's yeah, the thing. That's, like electrocution, you can't fight it off, and no injection, you can't. It's, yeah. Yeah. Injection, I mean, at least you just sort of nod it's off. It's out of your control. Yeah. But with the, the gas and you're holding your breath. It's like torture. Ew. Ye. It's bad stuff. 1935, James Henry Breasted died on this day, the age of 70. Famous Egyptologist and anthropo- anthropologist. Anthrop- anthrop- anthropologist. 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 Who knew this word was so hard? Anthro. <laughs> I can I can say it in my head. Anthropologist come out of my mouth. Anthrop- <laughs> anthropologist. <laughs> anthropologist. 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 That's what I said. There we go. We get it. Anthropologist. We did it. Anthropologist. Teamwork. It wasn't teamwork. teamwork. I came up anthropologist. with it. Anthropologist. And then you immediately no. parodied it, 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 me after I got anthropologist. Had we not gone out. down that road together. We never no, would have gone. it was me. I came up with it. Anthropologist. And then you jumped in as if Move. you too had discovered how to say <laughs> Moving it. Moving along. By listening to me. Anthropologist. Anthropologist. Come, they told me. He was part of the team that uh, deciphered the seals from the Toot Uncommon tomb, along with Howard Carter. They were the ones who discovered the tomb of T- King Tut. King Tut. Yes. 1936, John Ringling, American circus owner, of course, with the Ringling Brothers. That makes sense. Yes. Died on this day in 1936. In 1957, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford died. Which one? See? I thought that would catch your, catch your ear. It's a mind fuck. Did you know that before Harrison Ford, as we know him and love him, yeah. there was another Harrison Ford who really? was a movie star? Nuh-uh. Yes. Harrison Ford was a famous American silent screen actor. Huh. He was a leading man in films from 1915 through 1932. He left in 1932 due to the arrival of sound. Hmm. Was that an awful voice? Hi, my name is Harrison Ford. Hey, guys. I'm an actor, <laughs> and I'm a leading man. So uh, he quit, but he has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So there's two Harrison Fords on the Walk of Fame. What are the odds a name like Harrison Ford, two guys would both become famous movie stars? That's weird. Because it's SAG rules, you can't have the same name as someone else. Well, he died in 1957. Prior to SAG, right? So I'm sure it was before Harrison Ford joined SAG. Right. It wasn't prior to SAG. Well, SAG I'm had been saying, around for many I years. I you couldn't have the same name in SAG. There'd only be one of you in SAG. Al- alive. Alive. So once you die, it's yeah, open. Yeah, once you die, your name's up for grabs. Okay. So Harrison Ford, but still, what, what are the odds two Harrison Fords would become is, movie stars? That is weird. Anyway, his most famous performance was, was of course, in Rubber Tires in 1927. Oh, of course. Rubber Tires. Rubber Tires. You remember Rubber Tires, do. don't you? What was the story about, Eddie? Do you remember? Uh, it was about this guy who was trying to invent a new type of uh, wheel for cars. Nope. It was about people driving west trying to go to California. Right. To find a new life in the city. But they the, needed wheels to get in there. In the golden state. And they traveled across country. And on the a, wooden wheels wouldn't work. On a uh, car that had rubber tires. Here's a little clip from that famous film. Because it was a silent movie. So dramatic. Yes. <laughs> By the way, that's actual sound from the soundtrack of Rubber Tires from 1927. That's the level of commitment 
that goes into yeah. this show. You could have thrown anything up yeah, there. I could have put anything. Yeah. You would have known it wasn't the soundtrack to Rubber Only Tires. Brandon Rohrbacher would have known. That's right. So I commit <laughs> for as little as 15 cents a day, you get that level of commitment from me. 1957 also brought the death of Manfred Sakel. Ah, oh, Dr. Manfred Sakel. Polish neuro... <laughs> Neuroscientist? Neuro, neurologist? Neurophysiologist. Neurophysiologist. <laughs> I just said that. We did it. We didn't do anything. <laughs> he was a neurophysiologist and psychiatrist. He developed something called insulin shock therapy, Eddie Ooh, Pence. Sounds bad. Yes. Where you create a state of low level of glucose in the blood of your patient, and that drives them into coma and convulsions, changing their mental state. Why would you do that? Well, there was a theory at the time to that sort if, of reset them? If you shocked the brain, you could right. reset some of the psychoses that they were suffering for. This was a precursor to, to electroshock, electroshock right. therapy, yes, yeah. which was later adopted after they realized that this didn't do any good for anyone. But electroshock does, apparently, right? Sometimes. I've heard that it, it can help with depression and stuff like that. Well, let's find out. <laughs> let's do a shock in Monday instead of a munch in Monday. <laughs> well, is those, are those battery operated, those <laughs> testicuses? I'm going to do a little, uh, a little confab on them. And see if I can get them up to 220. <laughs> uh, we'll stick your balls in there and we'll see if the testacuzzi can shock you back into health. In 1963, well, I'm not going to tell you who died in 1963. We're going to call in a uh, guest lecturer. Mm. Mark called in, very adamant that we not miss out on this death. Okay. In Hello Death on this day in 1963. Hey, Ralph. This is Mark from Long Island, two star. Uh, for Hello Death today, December 2nd, I hope you don't forget to mention the World War II hero, Corporal Wojtek, spelled W-O-J-T-E-K, of the Polish Army, who died in 1963. He didn't have a second name, by the way. It was just Wojtek. That's all the name he ever had, and that's all he needed, because Wojtek means happy warrior, and this guy was a goddamn animal. His greatest claim to fame? While he was serving with the 22nd Artillery Supply Company during the Battle of Monte Cassino in Italy, Wojtek loaded crates of artillery shells onto trucks. And he was so strong that he alone could carry a crate that otherwise would have taken four regular soldiers to carry. Now, you might be saying, okay, Mark, so this soldier was really strong and helped out with supplies. Uh, what's the big deal? Oh, I'm sorry. I must have forgotten to mention one little detail. What's that? You see, Wojtek was a Syrian brown bear. Yes. Oh, I told you he was an animal. <laughs> also, his favorite drink? Beer. Yes. Favorite food? Cigarette. Yes. You can have Shizmu as your god, but when it comes to mortal legends, I'll throw in with Wojtek. Died at the age of 21. Wojtek the soldier bear, man. Look it up and LMB. Who needs to look it up, Mark? That wow. was the most succinct yes. classroom we've ever sat in. Wojtek. Wojtek. The <laughs> Polish fighting bear. <laughs> Fuck, where's that movie? Yeah. I want Wojtek. I want to play Wojtek <laughs> in the feature film <laughs> version. In a bear suit so you can drink beer and eat, and eat smoke cigarettes? cigarettes? Well, I'd probably smoke them. <laughs> 1972 on this day, Yip Man, Chinese Yip Man. martial artist, master teacher of Wing Chun. Oh. Died at the age of 79. Yeah. So everybody, Wing Chun tonight. <laughs> he taught uh, many students who became martial artist masters in their own right, by the way. Oh, yeah? Oh, a little guy named Bruce Lee. Oh. Yeah, so he okay. was Bruce he knew Lee's Wing master. Chung. He knew Wing Chun. Wing Chun. I'm like an empty vessel. First, you must empty everything before you can fill it up again. <laughs> 
whatever he said. <laughs> 1982, Marty Feldman died. Oh, come on. How funny was Marty oh, Feldman? Oh, he's brilliant. Huge star in the UK before he ever hit the our shores, but then there was one performance that cemented him in the hearts of comedy lovers forever. Mm. Young Frankenstein. God, damn it. As Igor or Igor, <laughs> depending on <laughs> who was asking. What an amazingly funny performance. Here's a little clip from Young Frankenstein. At this stage in the film... Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. has uh, tasked Igor to go get a brain of a famous scientist <laughs> to put inside his monster, and Igor uh, drops that brain, so he just oh. picks up a suitable replacement and brings it back, and they put it inside One of the, the all-time great comedy scenes in film history. And so uh, here's Gene Wilder grilling well. him on whose brain he actually did bring back. Would you mind telling me whose brain I did put in? And you won't be angry? I will not be angry. Abby someone. Abby someone. Abby who? Abby normal. Abby normal. I'm almost sure that was the name. <laughs> I'm sure that was the name. Oh, fuck. And Gene Wilder proceeds to throttle him. Those two guys are brilliant. So good. 1985. Agnello Croce. Hey, Anello Della Croce, how you go? He was an American mobster underboss with the Gambino family. Mm. Died a natural death, by the way. Sure he did. He did. Died mm. of cancer in his 70s. Right. Rare for mobsters. Right. Very rare. I think they took him out. 1986, Desi Arnaz, Cuban-American actor and producer, wife, uh, not wife, <laughs> husband, of course, of uh, Lucille Ball. You know them from I Love Lucy. He died at the age of 69 on this day. He was also a singer, had a big recording career as well, including in this tune. They call me mask right yeah doesn't he sing that no. yeah he sings that in the mask 1990 robert cummings american television actor had hit sitcoms like love that bob and my perfect doll he died at the age of 80 in 1990 also in 1990 aaron copeland famous american orchestral composer such great works as billy the kid and fanfare for the common man at almost every Olympic ceremony. Yeah. Pablo Escobar died on this day in 1993. Hmm. Nah. <laughs> he was shot to death by Colombian police that took down Pablo Escobar. <laughs> How did I do that? <laughs> 44 years old, he died. Man. Shot by the police. Mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. 2009, Eric Wolfson. Wolfson. Scott, you right? Yes. Wolfson. I want to say it. Wolfson. Sounds fun. Scottish singer and producer with the Alan Parsons Project. The Alan Parsons Project. <laughs> Died at the age of 64. He was the vocalist for all their big hits, including this one. I am the eye in the sky, looking at you. And in 19, excuse me, 2019, Fred Story, legendary Canadian curler champion, 
Passed away at the age of 87. Man. World Championship gold medal winner in the 66, 68, and 69 curling championships. Couldn't curl any better than Fred. When it comes to curling, it's Fred. They should just call it storying instead of curling. (laughs) Fucking Fred Story. He's the man. All right, you know what we do now? We find a food related to someone who passed away and we run it past Eddie Pence to see if it's something that he would eat or perhaps jam up his ass, then pull out. How do we find out? Well, we talk to him about it, and then we pull the handle of the patented Eddie Pence jackpot slot machine. Mm. If we get a jackpot, that means, well, Eddie Pence would, in fact, eat it. However, if we pull that handle and those reels are mismatched, then (laughs) it's not good. He's not eating it. Today, December 2nd, in 1863, Jane Appleton Pierce passed away. She was an American first lady, Eddie Pence. She was the wife of President Franklin Pierce. Ah. Another one of those presidents you don't really yeah, hear much don't about. don't really know that guy. Yeah. Born and raised in New Hampshire, President Pierce loved the foods of his youth. He was a diehard New Englander. Okay. So he loved New England food, and his wife Jane was more than happy to keep the White House stocked with his favorites. For dessert, nothing pleased him more than an apple pandowdy. Apple pandowdy. Oh, an apple pandowdy. You wouldn't like it. It's kind of like an apple pie. Okay. But if he wanted to make him happy with a main meal, any yeah. pence, yeah, 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 you'd yeah. serve him up some fried clams. That's right. Today's food is fried clams. Fried clams are clams dipped in milk, <laughs> then in flour, and then deep fried. Fried clams are an iconic food in New England. It is said to New Englanders, fried clams are what barbecue is to the South. They tend to be served at seaside clam shacks along the side of the road. You can get a clam roll, too, with your fried clams served in a hot dog bun. That's good eating right Mm -hmm. there. Tartar sauce is the usual condiment, made famous primarily by Lawrence Henry Chubby Woodman. His nickname was Chubby. Chubby Woodman. (laughs) Come, they told me. (laughs) Chubby Woodman. Chubby Woodman. From Essex, Massachusetts, made his fried clams so popular on his small roadside restaurant now called Woodman's of Essex. <laughs> See, his specialty was potato chips. We had large vats of deep fryers uh-huh. to use. So he would use clams that he had collected himself from the mud flaps of the Essex River located close to his home and just open them up and put them right there in those big fryers. Mm-mm-mm. It's good eating. Fried clams, that's today's food. Would Eddie Pence like to dig into some of that New England delicacy? There's only one way for us to find out. Let's pull that handle. Here we go. One fried clam, two fried clams. Oh. I don't like clams, man. But they're fried. You I don't know, even know. I know. They're you just going to taste like fried. I know what they're going to. You gonna, don't even know. Then why eat them? I'm not asking you to shuck a fucking clam yourself and suck it out of the shell. Clams. I'm giving you fried clams. They're tasty, delicious treats. Clams are gross, and so are oysters. They're just, they're boogers of the ocean. They're neither and they neither. They are. They're just the boogers of the ocean. Just have to stop no. with all of that nonsense. No, it's what it is. It's a filter. And it just... Right, so you rinse it out. You rinse all out the, the filter. <laughs> rinse out the filter. Do you eat the filter? Do you fry up the filter and eat it? Is the filter delicious? Then yes, I'm well, eating it. If you coat it in batter and fry it, it probably it's going it's to taste like fried shit. And it'll probably taste good. What if I put boiling oil in the testacuzzi and we batter your balls and we dip those in? No. I don't want testicles. Uh, We've talked about that before. Oh, my God. I don't want clams God either. Damn it. I love fried okay. clams. I'm so hungry for them right now. Oh. And that's it for today's Hello, Death. Hello, Death. You're dead now, so shut up. 
All righty, now it's time for us to take a look at the showbiz news in a segment I call the showbiz beat. Well, we may have seen the future of live musical events for the foreseeable future during this COVID-19 issue. Oh, yeah? Looks like someone's got it uh, sorted out. Dua Lipa, pop star Dua Lipa, she had her Studio 2054 live stream concert event last week. It drew 5 million plus global views. Damn. Those are people who were paying uh, just £7.50, or in the United States, that'd be like 10 bucks for a ticket. And you got to see her live stream event. Holy shit. Now, that's cheaper than any concert you could ever go yeah. to. And for Dua Lipa, do the math, $5 million plus times roughly 10 bucks a ticket. Damn. That's a gold mine. Yeah. Ooh. And the reviews were great. She had plenty of special guests. It was like a variety show. It was a live show. Elton John, Kylie Minogue, Miley Cyrus. She sang hits from her two hit albums. And apparently everyone walked away happy. So you do one live show and you do it virtually, you charge 10 bucks a ticket and people can watch you all over the world. That beats getting into a bus or a plane and traveling. It's true. Like I did that back in May. I did that show at the Nowhere Comedy Club, that virtual show, and it was $10 a ticket. And that's same as Dua Lipa. That's you're, 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 identical. You the same, same value as Dua Lipa. But like I made more money on the one show than I would make doing a comedy club for a week around the country. See, there you go. And people don't have to leave their house. They don't have to pay for a two drink minimum. They don't got to pay for food. I mean, it's now she produced the shit out of this. There yeah. were multiple sets and costume changes and everything. This was a of an event. It wasn't just her singing yeah. in her living room. So I'm sure there was some cost. Oh yeah, behind absolutely. It. But not fifty million dollars worth of cost. But everybody was really pleased. So. Good job. That Dua Lipa, by the way. I think she was built out of my out of my fantasy blueprints in my head. Should give you a chubby woodman. Man, I'm, I'm selling I'm selling fried clams like chubby woodman when she's singing. She's, she's the real deal right there. Hey, congratulations to Elliot Page. He has come out now yes, I read about transgender. That. And we have to be very particular about how we talk about this story mm -hmm. because there is an equally powerful story on the other end of this about people talking about the story, oh, which I find nerve-wracking on many levels. But uh, Elliot Page, who you know from such roles, of course, as Juno and Umbrella Academy, and uh, that's what he's doing these days, has come forward and said that he is now identifying as Elliot. His pronouns are he and they, which confuses me even more because usually yes. it's he and him or or yeah uh, we and they i don't know anyway doesn't matter yeah. i don't need to know all right. that matters is that he knows and uh from now on he will be known as elliot so that's that's a pretty big deal huh? now the backup story to that is there are several lbgtq communities who say that you can never use someone's what they call dead name so when talking okay. about him in the press, we are no longer can't allowed. Can't say Ellen Page. Whoa, you blew. Oh, you can't that say that you. anymore. That was you. Wasn't me. Oh my God. You use the dead name. Oh my God. You're dead naming. That's what they call it. You're dead naming fuck. in that case. People need to chill the fuck out. You were dead naming, <laughs> and you should never, oh never dead name. Okay, anymore. I'll never dead name. It is Elliot easy again. to use Elliot's projects like Umbrella Academy and Juno to identify him, says the leader of one organization. You can never refer to what the name was before they announced what their name is now. But Elliot Page was in Juno. Yes, he credited was. Credited as Ellen Page. 
did it again. You but just, that name you is there, credited. Named. You just dead named. Mm, I don't know how. I don't, I, I don't get... know how I can keep working okay. with you at this point. I don't understand. I can't work with a dead namer. Okay, <laughs> I, I have to draw a line someplace. All right, they're all the line. It's Look, weird. It's just. I don't. I'm not. I'll call you whatever you want me to call you. I agree. And I think when talking about the history, especially of a public figure in someone's career, and in all seriousness. You should be able to allude to the fact that they performed under a different name at a right. different time. But you're literally credited as that other name in the other project. I can. Ref- why can't this I? This is refer not you as that. Seeing someone, uh, seeing Elliot perform in a new show and calling him by his other name right. no. as some sort of malicious attack or some sort of joke. Right. This is simple reference to a person's long-standing career, and I think, and this is certainly not the case with all these organizations, but sometimes they need to recognize not everybody's the enemy. And not everybody is yeah. trying to demean people's, you know, sexuality or right. their genders by having an opus, uh, open and, f- and frank discussion about it. And so to, to take the step that you can never mention that name again in reference to Elliot Page, yeah. I think is asking a bit much. Yeah. Certainly after the announcement is a fairly big news story this week. Yeah. We're in a time where we're like a lot of us are trying to adjust our, our, our way of thinking from like being purely binary to call, if someone wants to be referred to as they that takes that takes time for me to adjust to i'm not trying to be you yeah. know hold that against anybody like if you want no. me to call you they i will call you they i don't care what you want to identify as your, but you have to give me time to move forward with yeah it. your brain needs to make some adjustments yeah i don't care what you are i'll call you whatever you want yeah i agree so anyway i'm just glad he's happy and his wife apparently is very happy and we're all moving good forward. for them but uh I just, it was so funny. I read one story and then right on the back end of the story, people were already yelling at me for things I haven't even done yet. <laughs> <laughs> you, when you talk about that, you better not say the other name. Uh, so, yeah, people got to chill the fuck out with that. Apologize for something I didn't even do yet. <laughs> I did it and I'm not sorry. Yeah. I'm not sorry. See? Oh my God. <laughs> it's the worst, right? I'm awful. Oh, shit. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. He said it. <laughs> They're making another Van Helsing movie. That's a good idea. With, uh, what's this, Hugh Jackman? No, Hugh Jackman's was a bust, and so they're going to move on and make a brand new Van Helsing movie. You know, Universal keeps trying to make this monsterverse happen. Right. And they're not going to let it go until it does. So we're getting a new Invisible Man movie. Well, we did. We got that already. Right. uh, With Elizabeth Moss. Is Van Helsing in the same universe as that? Because they're doing a Ryan Gosling Wolfman movie. And so they're going to have a Van Helsing movie who will take on, uh, I assume, vampires at okay. this point. Even though, as we mentioned, Hugh Jackman's previous attempt at Van Helsing in 2004 was a critical and box office bomb. Yeesh. So they're going to try to go again. Now, the upside is Eric Pearson is the writer. Okay. Eric wrote uh, Thor Ragnarok and the upcoming Black Widow movie. Okay. So he's a talented dude. Those are good movies. I mean, one is. I if I'm not mistaken, I think Eric Pearson also wrote... Uh, for Agent Carter. I believe he may have written... Oh, really? ...the um, episode that I did, actually. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, obviously this guy's a good writer. So I'm saying hopes against hopes, this is actually going to be a reboot. Well, The Invisible Man got a lot of good reviews, right? Yeah, because they took a fresh take on it, so I like it. Melissa McCarthy and Ben Falcone have signed up with Netflix to star in a new comedy series. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a a series. (laughs) That's going to be be there. It'll be God's Favorite Idiot. (laughs) And Ben Falcone will play a uh, a guy at a, at a, a support a support tech support employee at a mm-hmm. company who finds love at the exact same time he becomes a messenger of God and uh, chaos ensues. Oh God! He has to try to work out his uh, 
no. his love life while he's also trying to serve the Almighty. No, so that's no. going to be a problem. We don't need that. I'm glad Ben Falcone is getting some more work. <laughs> it's nice to see a guy ride on the coattails of his more successful, famous wife for a change. <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. I like that. Charlize Theron, she's got a first look TV deal with HBO and HBO Max. She will be starring. Call her up quick. Starring and producing in her own projects for HBO and HBO Max. And I say, let her do whatever she wants. Call her, text her. her. Give her all access to all things. Let her just do whatever she wants. Come on. And this is interesting. You know, a lot of musical biopics are in the works because it's a uh, tried and true formula, making a lot of money between Rocket Man and Bohemian Rhapsody. This one, I think I'd really like to see. It is going to be the story of the pop rock group Heart. The Wilson sisters, Anne and Nancy Wilson, in the 70s and 80s, they had a ton of hits, and they famously had a falling out because of the uh, the band that they were in together. And Carrie Brownstein from Portlandia apparently is writing the screenplay. Really? Yeah. It's going to be on Amazon, apparently. You think they're big enough to have that movie to be as successful as, like, Bohemian Rhapsody? Like, they're not as big as Queen or Elton John. To a certain audience, Eddie, you may be a little uh, young for for being in their wheelhouse, but Barracuda and Magic Man. I mean, they have great songs, but I just didn't know if they're like that. There's a lot of drama and two sisters going at it. Yeah. I think there's a story to be told. Let's take a look at today's celebrity birthdays. All these stars born on December 2nd. Nasist? That's not a word. Bassist (laughs) Nate Mendel of Foo Fighters is 52 today. Lucy Liu is 52. Oh, that rhymes. That was good. Nelly Furtado is 42 as well. Is 42. I don't know why I said 42 as well because 42 and 52 <laughs> no, that's are same. not the same. Way number. different. Kathy Lee Crosby, host of one time of a TV show called That's Incredible. She is 76, but more importantly, she was the first TV Wonder Woman. Was she? She did a TV movie based on Wonder Woman before the Linda Carter series. Oh, I didn't know it that. was very different. She ran around pretty much in a white jumpsuit. Oh, really? Fighting spies and stuff. It was very not superhero-y at huh. all. But uh, was it based off of the DC character? Yeah, because that Woman? character was going through that at the time. They took away Wonder oh, okay. Woman's powers for a minute okay. in the late '60s, early '70s, and she ran around in a jumpsuit, sort of being a secret agent. Gotcha. And it was based on that version okay. that no one liked. <laughs> '76 today, uh, director Penelope Spheris, Wayne's World, Decline of Western Civilization, a couple of her films. '75. Singer Charlie Puth is 29. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore. We don't talk anymore like we used to do. Yeah, you don't sing anymore either. <laughs> when did it become the thing for male pop singers to all sing like that? I don't know. <laughs> Bieber and him and they all... It's like a mid-2000s thing. Be a man, sing with a voice. <laughs> like Rammstein. <laughs> Stop it. Dan Butler, Bulldog from Frasier, 66 years old today. Dennis Christopher from Breaking Away is 65. Britney Spears is 39. Britney Spears actually sounds a lot like Charlie Puth. Give me a sign. Give me, baby. 
sounds like Charlie Puth. <laughs> Actor Joe Lotruglio. I think I got that right. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He is 50. Stephen Bauer from Scarface is 64. Recently, he was in um, Ray Donovan. Oh, was he? Oh, man. He was great in that show. Bassist Rick Savage. With a name like Rick Savage, what other line of work could you get into? <laughs> but being bassist for Def Leppard, he's 60 today. Brendan Coyle from Downton Abbey is 57 years old. Actress Rena Sofer from Just Shoot Me and 24 is 52. And Treach of Naughty by Nature turns 50 today. Get out with LPP, yeah, you know me. Get out with LPP, yeah, you know me. Get out with LPP, yeah, you know me. Who's down with LPP? Every last Get out with LPP, yeah, you know me. Get out with LPP, yeah, you know me. Get out with LPP, yeah, you know me. Who's down with LPP? Yeah. Shatner needs to do that song. Who's down with OP? <laughs> That's it for today's Celebrity Birthdays. I'm Ralph Garman. I walk the showbiz beat. And because it's Wednesday, time for us to turn our attention to a smash hit single that the artist was never able to quite recapture that level of fame again. It's all holiday singles for the rest of the month. It's time for One Hit Wonder. It's the One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. Today's One Hit Wonder comes from 1955, Eddie Pence. Hmm. It was a top, shit, top five song. It was in the top 10 at number five. A six-year-old named Barry Gordon was the vocalist. In fact, he was the youngest person, I think still may be the youngest person ever to have a top 10 single really? on the Billboard 100. Here's the thing about kids singing about Christmas. I don't care for it. <laughs> You've made that known, yes. That all I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. It's an obnoxious can, can song. Suck my yeah. dick. <laughs> Uh, I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. I love that song. Eat my ass. That's a, no, that's and a this good one song. is just as bad. I'm sorry. This peaked at number six in the top ten. Uh -huh. my, my bad, but still was a million seller. It's called Nothing for Christmas, also known as <laughs> Stop It. It's also known as Nothing for Christmas, depending on if you're pronouncing it or not. Nothing for Christmas. <laughs> Nothing for Christmas. <laughs> Very rude of you to make <laughs> joke. Come hey, stop it, chat. <laughs> Nothing for Christmas. Well, it is. It is destroy your dick December. You know. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's right. No Very longer true. no nut November. <laughs> it at 1955. There were five other artists who also had versions of this same song in, in the, the same, same year. year. Wow. Yes, this was the most successful version. Here it is. It's awful, but it was a hit for sure. A one-hit wonder for little Barry Gordon. Nothing for Christmas. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and Daddy are mad. I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Snitched on me. I spilled some ink on mommy's rug. <laughs> 
I made Tommy eat a bug, bought some gum with a penny slug. Somebody snitched on me. Oh, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Nothing for Christmas. Oh, someone needs to take that kid out. Number six in the Jesus. top ten, little Barry Gordon. Believe it or not, he was never able to get another uh, smash hit record Shocking. again. However, his career after this was nuts. Huh. Became a wildly popular child actor, was in a ton of TV shows like the Jackie Gleason show, Leave it to Beaver, Dennis the Menace. Then as a teenager, he even kept working in movies with Sid Caesar and other comedians. Then in the 70s, he was a regular on a TV series called Fish, which was a spinoff from Fish. Barney Miller. I watched Fish all the time. He was the nerdy social, um, uh, social um, what do they call him? Not social security. <laughs> uh, social worker. Yeah, yeah, The nerdy yeah. social worker oh, with I the know. glasses. Okay. That's Barry Gordon. Really? Same guy. Wow. He's been on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Voyager, huge body of voice work as well. He was the voice of Donatello in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Okay. Went on to do voices in Pac-Man and the Smurfs and Darkwing Duck, Batman the Animated Series. It goes on and on. He was the voice of the Nesquik Bunny in the television commercials for Nestle. And then he became the longest-serving president of the Screen Actors Guild. For seven huh. years, he was the president of SAG. Still working to this day. Quite the career. Yes, but Jesus. he never had another smash hit single because everyone hated that child. Who would buy that record? And how did it sell millions of copies? You broke a bat over a kid's head? Yes. That kid's dead. The, you don't break a bat over someone's that's head. That's why he was getting nothing for Christmas. Murder is not rewarded by Santa Claus. Oh, man. It's been covered by a ton of other artists, including Eartha Kitt and uh, Less Than Jake, Smash Mouth. Ooh. Smash Mouth's version is sung by Rosie O'Donnell, oh, by the way. Oh, my God. How could that not? that? How can mm, you? Wow. Put those two things Unreal. together. Unreal. Rosie O'Donnell and Smash Mouth. Most recently in November of 2011, <laughs> Plain White Tees did their version. Here's a little bit better. It is better than the original because it's about twice as fast, meaning it only lasts <laughs> half as long. Ho, ho, ho! I'm getting nothing for Christmas. Mommy and Daddy are mad. There's no way to save that no, song. No, that song just needs to stop. It's a one-hit wonder, number six Oof. in 1955, and that's today's One Hit Wonder Wednesday. It's the One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonder! One Hit Wonders. It's a very common tale. That's it for today's show, kids. Come on back tomorrow because it's Thursday. It gets very sexy here. Mm. At Ralph Sex University. We're going to take a look at... Chubby Woodman. Yeah, Chubby Woodman's going to stop by and serve up some fried clams. Come, they told me. Makes his own batter, right? He does indeed.
<laughs> more of entertainment news, more of you guys, more fun to be had here. But you can't have fun if you don't take care of yourself. So please, if at all possible, stay the fuck at home. That's right. Make sure you wash your hands real good. Stay good in the hood. Socially distance. Stay sweet at six feet. And remember, life is life. That's right. So it's important <laughs> that you keep yours. Come on back tomorrow. Until tomorrow, love you. Mean it. Bye.